Welcome everyone, I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you watching our broadcast, and I pray that you will hear something today that be a great blessing and a great inspiration to your life. You know, God wants you to prosper. God wants you to live in divine health. God wants you to succeed. I'm telling you, God has good plans for your life, and we're here to talk about them and how that you can begin to enjoy them. And uh, I believe, praise God, if you will make the quality decision that you're going to keep the Word of God in your life, first place in your life, then you're going to begin to experience some great things that God's already got in store for you. You know, we're talking about, and we have been for the last couple of weeks, experiencing God's glory. And today we're going to take you into uh, the Believers Convention, uh, sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries, where I was one of the speakers. And this particular service, we were talking about our harvest. You know, the Bible says that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. The Bible says in Genesis 8:22 that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And you experiencing harvest on the seeds that you sow is the will of God. It's God's best for your life. That's part of experiencing His glory, because one of the things that the glory of God is, or consists of, is the goodness of God. And the goodness of God promises that you will receive a harvest on every seed that you sow. Now, my question for you today is this, and it's going to lead into this uh, live broadcast uh, from the convention center here in Fort Worth. My question is, how desperate are you for your harvest? You know, the Lord said to me years ago, you are an aggressive sower, but you haven't been as aggressive in receiving your harvest. So I learned how to do that, and I want to teach you right now. So watch as I take you into that meeting where we're talking about how desperate are you for your harvest. Open your Bibles again to Exodus chapter 33 tonight. And uh, in the sessions that I've been privileged to share with you this week, we've been talking about the glory of the Lord. Lord, show me your glory. In Exodus chapter 33, we find that phrase spoken by Moses. And he says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And in verse 19, God says, and I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And we've dealt with this in every session. You can't separate the glory of God from the goodness of God. And of course, it also includes the manifested presence of God and the manifested power of God. But once again, we want to talk about the goodness of God tonight. And um, I want you to notice also this phrase, I beseech thee. I beseech thee. It means to implore with a sense of urgency. It means to ask in a way that shows how extremely important this is to you. You could also say that it demonstrates desperation. You see, Moses had experienced the glory of God when he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. It's not because he'd never experienced it before. It's because he had. And he realized how important it was. I don't think the body of Christ realizes how important the presence of God, the power of God, and the goodness of God are in our lives today. I don't know about you, but I need it every day of my life. Like Moses <clears throat> could not fulfill what God had called him to do without the glory of God, I can't fulfill what I'm called to do either 
without manifest manifestations of God's presence, God's power, and God's goodness. So notice here once again this word or this phrase, I beseech thee, show me your glory. Once again, representing a sense of urgency. Look at your neighbor and say, a sense of urgency. Now, I want to look at some other scriptures real quick uh, that use this same phrase, and I'll just read them to you. You may want to just make a notation of them. I'm not going to ask you to turn to them. <clears throat> but in 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 19, it says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdom of the earth may know, kingdoms of the earth may know, that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Now here we find the Assyrian army was about to besiege and to overtake the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They had already left them under great distress. But now, out of desperation and a sense of urgency, Hezekiah calls on God and uses the same words Moses did. I beseech thee. In other words, this is urgent. Uh, this is a must, you might say. We're desperate to see your glory, your manifested presence, manifested power, and manifested goodness in our behalf. And then in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verses 5 through 6, and he said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant. <clears throat> Once again, we see the phrase, I beseech thee. So here we find Nehemiah has received a report of how many of God's people were still held in captivity and they were experiencing great affliction and how the Jerusalem's walls were broken down and its gates were on fire and he calls on God and uses the phrase once again, I beseech thee, a sense of urgency. This is a must. We, we, we need this to happen right away. So to use, he used the words, I beseech thee. And then in Psalm 118, verse 25, it says, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Yes. Now that's probably the one I want to deal with the most. I beseech thee, O Lord, send now prosperity. How many of you could use some more prosperity? How many of you... Uh, have an urgency for it. <laughs> you know, over the last several months in various churches I've been in and, and, uh, and, and individuals I've talked to, but especially ministers, pastors, uh, I've heard, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a dozen times at least. Brother Jerry, I need my harvest. I need my harvest. How many of you feel the same way? I need my harvest. Now, let me make it very clear. If you're not a sower, you're not entitled to a harvest. But I believe everybody in here, for the most part anyway, everybody in here, you're sowers. And let me make it very clear that a sower is not someone who gives occasionally. Just because you change the spark plugs in your daughter's car does not make you a mechanic. 
Just because you read a law book at the library does not make you an attorney. Just because you have a beanie with a propeller on it does not make you an astronaut. <laughs> Amen. And I think a lot of people are confused going around saying they're sowers, but they're not really sowers according to the Bible. Because sowing means consistency. It's not an experiment. It's not a hobby. It's not occasionally. It's a lifestyle. I'm a sower. My wife is a sower. Jerry Savelle Ministries International, it's a sower. Our church, Heritage Faith Christian Center, is a sower. We don't do it occasionally. We do it every day. Every day. We live to give. Amen. We live to sow. The Bible we discovered many years ago in Galatians that it said, uh, be mindful to be a blessing. Uh, a blessing is a sower. And it doesn't always require sowing money. You know, sometimes it's just a kind word, a helping hand. But you're always mindful to be a sower. Get up every day asking the Lord, direct me today on where and how I can sow into another person's life or a ministry I can sow into or a neighbor I can sow into. You know, uh, once again, it doesn't always require money, but it, it does require something that you possess and you're willing to give it, sow it. Can you say amen? amen. So make, uh, make the determination that you're going to be a sower. It's lifestyle with you. Amen. I've had people say, well, Brother Jerry, I've, uh, I've been tithing now for three weeks. Am I a tither? No, not yet. <laughs> I've had them say, well, uh, I've been coming to church now for about a month. Am I faithful? Not yet. It requires a little longer than a month. Tithing requires, being a tither requires more than just three or four weeks. Amen? Tither represents consistency. Amen? You, you, it's part of your life. Amen? You know, you, you have the attitude, you wouldn't even think of going to church without bringing a tithe. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You wouldn't even come to a believer's convention without bringing seed. That's your attitude. Amen? I tell people, you know, you need at least three things uh, when you come to church, when you come to a, a meeting, a Christian meeting. Number one, bring your Bible. Number two, bring something to take notes on. And number three, bring a seed. I didn't get as many, yeah, on that last part. You need three things every time you come to church or you come to a Christian meeting or a believer's convention. Number one, you need to bring your Bible. Bring the Word of God with you. Number two, bring something to take notes. Amen? And then number three, bring a seed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You heard it that time. I thought maybe my mic went off. <clears throat> bring seed. So notice once again here in Psalm 118, it says, save now 
I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. How many of you could use, once again, I'm asking the question, how many of you could use some more prosperity? <clears throat> how many of you could, would, uh, would thoroughly enjoy uh, seeing your harvest manifest soon yeah. on the seeds that you've sown? Amen. Sin now, I beseech thee, sin now prosperity. Well, prosperity is actually a manifestation of the goodness of God. And therefore, it's part of the glory of God. I will show you all my goodness. So prosperity is a part of experiencing the glory of God. So lift your hands right now and say, Lord, show me your glory. And then add this, sin now prosperity. prosperity. And emphasize, say it again, but emphasize this time the word now. Sin now prosperity. Hallelujah. Do you believe God could send you prosperity now? Amen. Now, I said in one of the previous services this week that when Carol and I first started and in You'd have to ask Brother Copeland and Gloria uh, the condition we were in when they first met us. And uh, we learned not only from Brother Copeland, but at that same time, back in 1969, Richard, I believe your daddy came out with the uh, Seed Faith book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And I was watching Oral Roberts on television. It's 1969. I believe Richard edited that book. And so, uh, Brother Robert said, if you'll write to me, I'll send you this book absolutely free. I said, Carolyn, get the address, write it down, order it. Here's one we can afford. <laughs> and it wasn't but a few days later, we got that book in the mail, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And I absorbed it. I consumed it. And between Brother Copeland and Oral Roberts, I got a revelation of seed time and harvest. Amen. And we started living that way. Now, when we first started, because I was deep in debt in the business I'd owned, deep in debt personally, uh, when we first started, we didn't have a lot of seed to sow. And, and somebody asked me years ago, what's the greatest spiritual law you've ever learned? I didn't even hesitate. The law of seed time and harvest the law of seed time and harvest. So we began living that way even when we didn't have much seed to sow. Don't, don't not sow because you think it's little. You got to start the process sometime. So I said, well, as soon as my ship comes in, most people that say that never send a ship out. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, don't wait for the conditions to be perfect. Start where you are. Amen. Like Charles Capps used to say, don't eat your seed. If you're down to your last dollar, don't dare spend it, sow it. Amen. Now, I want you to listen to this. A sower, once again, is not someone who does this occasionally. It's someone 
who lives this way. It's lifestyle to them. They understand the spiritual law of sowing and reaping, and they apply it, appropriate it, every day of their lives in some way. Now, Galatians 6, 7 from the Phillips translation says, a man's harvest in life depends entirely upon that which he sows. No one else can determine your harvest, only you. In fact, God's given you that privilege to determine your own financial outcome. Did you hear that? You know, I have a board of directors uh, that have served on our ministry for many, many years. And they determine, not Carolyn and I, they determine our salary. When they, when they set the compensation, the first thing they'll hear me say is, thank you, gentlemen. That's very kind of you. I appreciate your generosity. Even though this will be my salary, it will not be my income. They all smile. They expect me to say that. I say it every year. Even though this will be my salary, it will not be my income. My income will far exceed this because I'm a sower. Can you say amen? amen? Yeah, I remember years ago, I was preaching, and, and this was in the early 70s. I was preaching in Meridian, Mississippi. That's where Mac and Lynn Hammond heard me for the first time before they... But Mac was still uh, flying airplanes, uh, charter service. And, and they heard me for the first time there in that meeting. <clears throat> and uh, after that uh, couple of services, a lady came up to me and she said, <clears throat> Brother Jerry, I want to be your partner. I said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. She said, now, my, my, my husband passed away and she said, and I live on a pension from the many years that he worked for this company and, and, and I just live on a pension and I'm going to sow into your ministry $1 a month. And I said, well, ma'am, I appreciate that. That is very kind of you. But I said, I, I feel bad about taking your $1. She put her hands on her hip little old woman stood up there in front of me and she said, you don't practice what you preach, do you, boy? <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, no, you don't. I'm trying to get off this fixed income and you're robbing me of my harvest. I said, give me your dollar, lady. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. And, and she sowed $1 a month every month until she passed away years later. Now, many years later, I'm preaching in Jackson, Mississippi. And this younger lady came up to me and she said, you don't know me, but I know you. And I said, well, how do you know me? She said, well, my mother was your partner. And she said, she started sewing into your ministry $1 a month. I said, oh, you mean Miss so-and-so? And she said, that was my mother. And I watched her take that $1 and sow it every month into your ministry. She said, now I just want you to know that $1 a month has made me a wealthy woman. I said, how's that? She said, uh, well, when, when mom passed away, I was the only child and I inherited uh, the farm and we had a lot of acreage and it came to a place to where 
the city of Jackson and the surrounding communities uh, decided they just couldn't live without my property. And they come in there and offered me a ton of money. And I believe that that $1 a month that my mother sent you every month, that's the reason why I'm a wealthy woman today. Hallelujah. Amen. See, $1 a month, that doesn't sound like much, but look what God did with $1 a month. You have that same testimony with your daddy. I remember him doing that, you know. And uh, you understand that Paul said, a man's harvest in life depends entirely upon that which he sows. So you are in charge of your financial destiny. I was with Brother Copeland in, in Bournemouth, England in 1992. And I was preaching with him and Gloria there. And uh, one night, while Brother Copeland was preaching, or he's getting ready to preach, the Lord said to me, what were the first two gifts I gave man after creating him? Well, I'd never thought of it in those terms. I said, well, Lord, what do you mean by gifts? What were the first two gifts you gave to man? He said, well, doesn't it say in Genesis chapter one that I gave man dominion and authority? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, what was gift number two? I said, well, Lord, I hadn't never, I've never thought of it in those terms. He said, go read Genesis 1 again. And the next thing God gave man after dominion and authority was seed. Behold, I give you seed, every herb-bearing seed. So God gave man dominion and authority, and God gave man seed. And he went on to say, and it shall be unto thee meat, M-E-E-T, or M-E-A-T. He said, it shall be meat unto thee. And if you look in other translations, it'll say provision or food. So what is God saying? The first two things he gave Adam was this. Number one, authority. Number two, seed. He's saying, son, I give you the authority through the seed you sow to determine your own future. Amen. You determine. The government can't determine it. IRS can't determine it. <laughs> you determine your own financial destiny by the seeds you sow. Can you say amen? amen. That's the reason when I learned this, I became a sower. <laughs> not part-time, not occasionally, not not, you know, if I had a bunch of money to sow, I became a sower and been living that way all these years, praise God. My income always far exceeds my salary. God's honored his own laws, the law of seed, time, and harvest. Can you say amen? What would it be like if the glory of God was manifested in your life? Scripture gives us many examples of God's glory being revealed and changing impossible situations. Sadly, many Christians today are unaware of this miraculous power. In his new eye-opening resource, Show Me Your Glory, 
Jerry Savelle reveals the biblical principles to experiencing the manifested glory of God in your life. This is your opportunity. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this life-changing package, including the all-inclusive book and six-CD teaching, Show Me Your Glory. In this prophetic teaching, you'll discover the three characteristics of the glory, the prerequisites for experiencing the glory, and how the glory will cause you to walk in victory and triumph. Don't delay. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and order your copy of this special resource today. I trust you enjoyed the lesson today and I want to invite you to join me again next week for the continuation of this message. I want you to get serious about your harvest. God wants you to experience harvest on every seed that you sow. And I know that many of you are sowers into this ministry. We appreciate everything that you do. We appreciate the seeds that you sow, the prayers that you pray for us. You're standing in faith for us and we're standing in faith for you as well. And I want you to know that every seed Every offering that comes into this ministry, it's prayed over, and we're believing God for you to experience maximum harvest. So, let me encourage you once again, join with me again next week as we take you back into this uh, Believer's Convention where I was teaching on how desperate are you for your harvest. Now, the Bible says in uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse uh, 6, let him that is taught in the Word communicate with him that teacheth. That means that when you hear the Word of God, you hear principles taught from the Word of God from a sp specific person, like what you're hearing today. You're receiving the Word that I'm teaching, and the Bible says that it is right for you to communicate unto the person that is teaching you the Word. Now, the word communicate here means to contribute to His support. That's what the Amplified Bible says. Contribute to His support. Then the New Living Translation says, sharing all good things with Him. So, that means if you're receiving spiritual things, then in turn you should be able to sow material things. Now, once again, it's not going to me personally. It's going into this ministry, and it helps us to reach people all over the world. It helps us to establish uh, new Bible schools and raise up new churches and train nationals. That's what your seed will do. And here's God's promise in Galatians 6 and verse uh, 9 from the New Living Translation. It says, and you will always harvest what you plant. That's God's promise to you. This is not something that we just read in a book somewhere. No, we read it from the Bible. It's God's Word. And God promises that whatever you sow, you will reap. So, if you're a sower, then I'm standing with you for your harvest. And I want to encourage you, be aggressive. Start praising God for it every day. You just lift your hands and say, God, I thank you that you have promised me a harvest on the seeds that I sow. I sow generously. I sow with love in my heart. I don't sow because I'm compelled to or made to. I do it because I want to. And when you want to sow and you do it out of a spirit of love, then God promises that you will reap a harvest. And I'm standing with you for that harvest. So don't miss next week's broadcast as we continue on this subject. Before we leave the there, don't forget our special offer, my book on Show Me Your Glory, and then also six CDs on the same subject. 
seeing the glory of God in your life, His presence, His power, and His goodness. Thank you for joining me today. Order the products online if you don't have time to see it on the broadcast today. But go online, find out our address, and you can order the products. We'll get them to you right away. See you again next week. Until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.